everybody. Welcome to Gay for Play podcast. I'm Eric Solis. I'm Lawrence Turner Cordova. And hi, hi welcome. Lawrence. Welcome wow. to this podcast space with us. Eric, we're here. We're doing it. <laughs> we're d- again. We're doing it again. We're doing it again. Um, okay, so listeners, dear listeners, um, I'm going to take you behind the curtain for a second. <laughs> At this point, you've probably heard a couple episodes, I'm thinking. We've probably recorded like a little cute little introduction for you. And then you re- heard our um, Animal Crossing pilot that we recorded back in, what, April? I don't know. Uh, I want to say like early May, end of April. Yeah. Yeah. Around that time. But anyways, so this is our like second official episode that we're doing. Um, and, and we're, we're here. here. We're here for real this time. Yeah. That Those were just like pilots. It kind of feels like a, you know, how a show does a pilot and then some months go by and then they get picked up by the studio. Except we didn't get picked up by a studio, which is just us getting over our own issues and deciding we were going to try a podcast again. We picked ourselves up in our own personal studio. And we've been renewed six seasons in a movie, baby. Let's go. <laughs> so, Eric, how have you been? How's your week? Oh, it's been, uh, well, I mean, what did I say five months ago? It's probably a lot of the same. <laughs> um, I mean, it truly, it truly does feel like a lifetime ago um, since... Not since last we talked, but since we recorded, it feels like it's been a lifetime. So I'm just, for the listeners, I'm trying to think, what is there really to say? The world's a different place. It's been a lifetime, and also it feels like no time has passed at all. I feel like this year um, has been extended into perpetuity forever, but has also passed by in the blink of an eye. Um, But, you know, I'm chilling. (laughs) Chilling the best I can. I'm Um, chilling, too. It's been an exciting week for me. Uh, I'm being a big boy gamer and I'm building my first PC. Hell so that's yeah. really exciting. <laughs> um, that is, that is so much, that it takes so much more bravery than I have. Like I, I could barely like decide on a laptop I got from Best Buy. Mama, listen, it is seriously like not that complex. Like I, like that's my big takeaway um, so far. I mean, granted I haven't built it yet, but like watching all the things I'm like, Oh shoot. you It's like, Putting a puzzle together. You drop the thing, the thing, you drop this and this, you screw some things on, and you're good to go. And, and then Jenga. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, for any tech heads listening, I'm waiting for the new NVIDIA 3070 graphics card that's coming out at the end of this month. It's like 500 bucks, so that's going to be like my big purchase. Instead of getting a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X, I'm getting myself a fancy graphics card to put in a new PC. Um, so hopefully I can get my hands on one, and I'll keep y'all posted on how my build goes that's exciting um listeners at home if anyone wants to venmo me fifteen hundred dollars it's prime day and gaming laptops are super cheap right now (laughs) that is the extent to which i am willing to put an effort to build my own pc (laughs) um so yeah what else is going on any um you know i'm not thinking about much else besides hyrule warriors uh age of calamity yeah when does it come out end of this month beginning of next month i know it's like it's like their holiday game this year i'm super excited about it i think it's like a perfect a perfect little uh breath of the wild 2 appetizer um it'll it'll tide me over yeah i'm so excited just to like a lot of people like dragged breath of the wild saying like the story wasn't much but I really fucking love the story. I, sorry, my, part of my language. No, not part of my language. This is my podcast. I can curse if I want to. Um, I really fucking love the, the story <laughs> in the first Breath of the Wild. Um, I loved getting the flashbacks and just like getting that piecemeal world. So I'm excited that we get to live in that, um, in that space a bit more to like, you know, 
like you said, tide us over until we get the big old sequel, who knows when. Yeah, no, I think uh I'm really hoping it lives up to 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 expectations that I want it to be. I am I am one of those assholes who thought that the story in Breath of the Wild was was pretty garbage. <laughs> okay, bye. Just, okay, bye. <laughs> That's the end of the podcast. podcast is over. <laughs> Um, no, I just, the whole time I played the game, I was like, wow, it feels like the most interesting parts of this story are, like, happened already, mm. like, and we're just dealing with the aftermath. I think that's why, precisely why I liked it, because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, shoot, like, I'm not living the action, I'm living the repercussions of these things that already happened. But I get, like, why that isn't necessarily your, your cup of tea. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, we're not talking about Breath of the Wild this week, or Hyrule Warriors, we're talking about... A much shorter game, one that's not going to take you 120 hours to beat. Um, and a game that's for everybody. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited. This is one of my uh, absolute... This, this game only came out last year, but I already know it's going to be on like my favorites of all time lists. Mm, um, really? Yeah, I love this game so much. Um, yeah, without further ado, I guess let's introduce it. Let's talk about Sayonara Wild Hearts. What a game. I think both of us both of us just played this again today. For me, it was my third time. I don't know how many times you've played this. Um, I've played it about three or four times as well. It uh it's rewarding every time. Yeah. It's for a short I, I love that it's a it's a it's a short little snack of a game that like is so rewarding to go back to. Um, do you want to explain what this game is just like briefly, yeah. briefly? Let's talk about it. Um so Cyanar Wild Hearts is a um indie rhythm uh rhythm music adventure game um by swedish developer samogo um basically what it is it is how do we (laughs) the thing about this game is it's every game it's so many genres but it's like so compact it's essentially a rhythm adventure game so you play as this uh young girl um who has like who goes on this cosmic journey trying to restore her broken heart and to just to restore uh, the like could could I actually um read a, a quick summary of copy pasted from Wikipedia just because I thought it was actually a very succinct yeah shoot all right so here we go this is my actor voice work in an alternate universe watched over by three divine arcana of the tarot known as the high priestess the hierophant and the empress are sieged by a cursed arcana named Little Death, who, along with her allies, steal all harmony and hide it in their hearts. Before the divine arcana begin to fade, they create a heroine from the shards of a broken heart. In a time near the present, there is a young woman whose heart has been violently broken. The heroine the divine arcana created transforms into a butterfly and flies to the young woman. The butterfly transports her to an alternate universe. Riding along her longboard, on an ethereal highway, she chases the butterfly, and upon catching it, she transformed into a masked heroine, the fool. Very flowery for Wikipedia, right? Yeah, also, like, <laughs> you hear that description and you're like, oh no, this game is way too involved, I'm not into it. But it is, like, just pick up and play. It's essentially, <laughs> it's essentially about, like, this young tomboyish... Um, tomboyish woman who like eric described goes on this cosmic journey um but that's yeah. not even and 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 that that what i just said there is like not even all that outlined in the story it's a very um it's a very bare bones piece 
Um, narrated by Queen Latifah, we should say. Yeah, um, featuring Queen Latifah. That is a gag. It, it opens and you're like, girl, is that Miss Latifah up in my ears? And it is. <laughs> I fucking love that they got Queen Latifah to just narrate this entire game. Um, one thing that, like, I think would clarify, because, I don't know, like, this sounds so complicated, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best description for this game, and it's how the developers describe it as well, is that it's a visual pop album. And that's mm. essentially what it is. It's a collection of songs and stages that you're playing through. Um, the gameplay itself is pretty simple. Um, you're like riding along these levels, usually like on your skateboard or on a motorcycle or on all sorts of crazy shit. Or a deer or, yeah. um, or a VR helmet or all kinds like, of things. Yeah. You're collecting points as you go along this journey that's like pretty predetermined through cutscenes. Um, the main gameplay is you, like I said, collecting these hearts and also like uh, responding with these quick time events to progress the story forward um, and dodging obstacles. That's like the main crux of what you're doing. Um, and it's and very, it, it's very quick. I mean, you said it's a visual pop album. I mean, I think you and I both agree this game, this, you could just listen to this album, the soundtrack of this game and be satisfied. Like the game, the soundtrack works as an album by itself. The game is just almost kind of supplemental to it. Yeah. The, yeah. the like best comparison that I have for it is like a visual album a la Beyonce's Lemonade or Janelle mm-hmm. Monet's Dirty Computer. It's but a like, video game. Yeah, but a video yeah. game. So it's a, I, I think it's best experienced as playing it. And granted, yeah. like it only takes about 50 minutes to like an oh, hour yeah. and a half to play. Less it. than an hour. Yeah. Um, so like it's, I, as much as, like, I would say, like, if you don't want to play it, just go listen to it on Spotify, because it's there on any streaming website. Yeah. I would say, like, play it first, because it's just such a beautiful experience. And the visuals. And it's a very simple game. I think that that is something, like, the developers were intentional about. Like, this game is really, like, the joystick and one button. There is not a lot of combinations. There's not a lot of, like in-depth combat it's like you do what's on the screen you move left you moved right up down press a button when it tells you to yeah and yet that is so that is so engaging because the visuals of this game it's like this neon pink blue purple landscape oh yeah full i of heard like it described yeah i think the the best description i've heard for it and it's kind of you know why i wanted to talk about it on this podcast is I've heard it described as like a bi pride flag on acid. <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's like the best like description of this game's aesthetics is like it's all, you know, uh neon blues and pinks and purples and it's just so beautiful mm-hmm. and so striking. Short, like, short haired femmes on motorcycles with swords, like doesn't yeah. get more bi than that. Um one last thing I want to say about the gameplay before we start talking about like the aesthetics and like the inspirations that go into this game, because mm-hmm. I think that warrants the large discussion, is that this game is really accessible, like you mentioned, not only because it's super short, but it's also, like, really forgiving. Like, every time you die, it's really smart how the game reloads you. It doesn't boot you mm-hmm. back to the beginning of the level. Um, It'll, like, rewind to, like, um the last four bars of music and, like, just have you go from there. Um, So it's, like, super seamless. It also, like, makes the, like, music part of it stay really cohesive because it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like um like necessarily like you're getting jarred out of this song it's just kind of like a record scratch and you know you're yeah hop back a few beats it's really it's really great at like not breaking that immersion there's not even there's not a game over screen right you can like die as much as you want it never like boots you all the way back the game just kind of keeps going yeah it's seamless yeah and i know it, it just it goes like one level right into the other there's really not a whole lot of 
times when you're not in control of the game, it really just like goes and doesn't stop like like an, like a music album does. And I think it's all it's best done in one sitting, like most great albums. Listen to them back, you know, front to back without a break. That's the best way to experience this this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my one minor gripe about the game is like the first time you play it through, it's like divided into like song by song, and like at the end of each song, you get like a rating, and then you go back to like a level select screen and press the next one. Once you beat the game, then it unlocks like an arcade mode where you can like play all the songs back to back as like one completely cohesive, seamless experience. Um, and like it makes sense that they would separate it by levels, you know, just so you can take a break if you want to. But like, I think the best way to play the game is like on a second playthrough, you know, uh, from beginning to end nonstop and just baked out of your mind. With it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of being baked out of your mind, let's talk about the like psychedelic ass visuals <laughs> of this game and like, all the like incredible visual inspirations and musical inspirations that this game has because listen if you are anything like me um this game is so up your alley in terms of like uh, if you're lawrence you love this game well okay here's the thing you need to know about my gay ass is that i love the pop girlies <laughs> i love pop music so much um i think it's like such an underrated genre um you know i think people think of pop music and think of it as like oh it's just mainstream radio garbage but like Mm -mm, no way no 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 but you know yeah i think pop music is like such a stunning art form um i remember i forget what podcast it was but i remember hearing an interview with kim petras and she was talking about like um you know how much heart and work uh pop music takes to make and a lot of people just undermine its worth because it's easy to listen to and like you know, I think that's so reductive. Um, and I don't even think that's necessarily true. I can think of a lot of pop that is not, like, easy listening that I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. consider easy. I think, like, Charlie XCX is not necessarily, like, the smoothest. Yeah, I think Charlie Sophie, maybe. Charlie, Sophie, Dorian, Electra are kind of, like, pushing the boundaries of, like, Rina Sawayama, yeah. girl. Like, these pop stars who are, like, pushing pushing pop past a place of, like, bubblegum radio and, like, real you know, music that really takes consideration and multiple listens. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's, it's, it's so entirely clear from just playing this game, you know, that like these developers were inspired by countless, yeah. countless artists. Let's talk about some of the like inspirations behind this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so the developers have noted, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, my queen as an inspiration. Um, in the Polygon review of this game, the reviewer Jenna Stober described this game as Give Carly Rae Jepsen a Sword, the video game. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm obsessed with. So uh, Carly Rae Jepsen's inspiration, uh, Robin, you can super hear mm-hmm. the Robin influence. Oh, yeah. Specifically her album Body Talk. Um, do you know the song Indestructible by Robin? I do not. I'm not super familiar with Robin. I know a couple songs. Girl, you need to listen. Um, but that song, it like literally sounds like that song you could slot into this game and it would, <laughs> it would feel like a song from Sayonara Wild Heart. So. Yeah, we have, uh, just looking at this list, this, this is directly from the developers, the list of their inspirations. Um, we have Sia, yes, Charlie XCX, of course, Sailor Charlie Moon, Baby. Charlie Baby, Tron, Punch Out, WarioWare. Yeah, some other musical influences, uh, LaRue, um, you know, that one-hit wonder queen <laughs> with Bulletproof, uh, Churches, Cindy Lauper. So anyways, I, like, that's all to say, like, you can really tell the, like, pop influence of this game. And, like, the singer in this game, Linnea Olsen, does such a great job, like, it captures that, like, 
wistful, lovely pop aesthetic. Um, it's very a uh, bedroom Ariana Grande. Sometimes it's very, yeah. uh, very soft, very um, supple. Mm-hmm. Um, also, sometimes very like driving, very forward to the floor. It's like yeah. it has a it, it it has the range, darling, and incredibly feminine. I think like that's clear from the game. Like this was. This is ground up, top to bottom, like a female-driven experience. Yeah. Um, in the influences in the music, in the design style, in the story, in the exploration of the themes. Yeah. You mentioned some of the like game design influences, like WarioWare, um, Tron, um, Akira is also um, mm. a major influence in terms anime, of like, anime anime masterpiece. Biking. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sailor Moon. There's a lot of magical, magical girl aesthetics here. Uh, mm-hmm. but one also really interesting aesthetic, um, uh, influence is the Teddy Girls subculture, which I didn't know much about until I did some research into them. Um, do you know anything about them really, Eric? N- no, I've not heard of, is this like, um, no, you, you, you so, explain. Yeah. I looked into it. And so basically what the, who the Teddy Girls were, they were like these 1950s girl gangs in Britain. Um, hmm. And they were basically these like young working class British girls who would like decide to drop out of high school and like, you know, go form these gangs basically. But basically what they would do is they would like appropriate men's clothing and also like a lot of them would like um, basically present in drag. And so like um, it was an early like counterculture feminine movement of like, um, you, you know, denouncing these like 1950s um uh, what's the word? Gender 19, roles. 1950s gender yeah. roles and like, yeah, and just the, um, diverting gender expression through their clothing. So I think that's super cool. Um, you can see that in the like, um, all the enemies in the game and also like um, the main protagonist when she's like transformed. They all wear like bow tied suits and like are very mm-hmm. like androgynous. And so like that's a really. And they're, cool and they're a gang. I would say like the villains are a gang yeah. in, in the game. Which is what, so basically the it's not really ever clearly explained, but like the villains are like implied to be like either the protagonist's ex lovers or like mm-hmm. her like manifestations of her own heartbreak. It's not really clear, but mm-hmm. like um, I don't think it's meant to be. I think it's it's a very symbolic game on purpose. It's really you're, you you it is what you make of it. I think yeah. by the time you reach the end of it. But what yeah, is I, clear is that it's pretty gay. <laughs> oh my god, Lawrence! Yeah. Um, like you said, it's a what? What did you say? A bi flag, a bi private on acid. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, because it's like, yeah, this entirely feminine driven um, plot about heartbreak and about restoring a broken heart, um, and that's really why I think that like um, pop music is such a cool vessel for this story to be told in. Um, as a genre that is really, I mean, I think pop is a very female dominated genre. And I think pop has a reputation for, you know, songs about heartbreak and being in love and, and youth and exploration and learning about yourself. So I think it's a perfect genre to build this game about heartbreak and healing from heartbreak and the way that heartbreak changes you as a person. Yeah. Um, which like are all very queer themes. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, when you think about pop music and, uh, queer culture, like, um, I feel like a lot of queer people really gravitate towards pop music, um, because of those exact, like, themes that you mentioned, because it has to do with, like, heartbreak and longing and, uh, these, like, really, like, universal ideas that seem so, like, I don't know, like, trite and, like, obvious to, like, a heterosexual audience, 
like seem to resonate a lot more deeply with queer people. Like, you know, I think of like Dancing on My Own by Robin and how, you know, how that song takes on such a like deeper queer meaning when you think about like, you know, I can't have you because you are, you are with someone else. You're with another girl. And like, (laughs) you know, Robin as a performer is seeing that like, uh, assumably about like a man and another woman, but like, you know, (laughs) that's a very relatable queer theme of like seeing someone that you're pining for, you know, I guess, I guess for gay men in particular, like seeing a man that you're pining for and then seeing him with, Oh no, a woman. (laughs) Oh no. Yucky. Yeah. The vagina? Ooh, gross. <laughs> Not vagina. <laughs> cut, uh, cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Anyway, reset. Okay. Yeah, no, I think I think you're 100% right. There's a lot of um lots of longing, lots of defiance as, as well. I think there's a lot in pop about like you know, going against the norm, yeah. going against what's expected of you. I think in pop music, it's a lot of like what's expected of a girl. But I think for young, for young gay male, maybe non-binary youths, it's it's about them. Um, you know, I don't know. Do you know the Go Go's, Lawrence? Do you, like, if you're going I'm, back to like the '80s, like girl group rock yeah. '80s, that's that's the Go Go's like to a T. It's all about like I'm not going to be your sweetheart. I'm not going to be the good girl you want me to be. I'm gonna rock out with my girlies we're gonna i don't it's just it's i think this game is such a perfect um encapsulation of all of those themes yeah kind of going a little bit deeper into that um i want to give like a little bit more of like an academic take on like why like pop music has always been like really really queer um i read i read part of this book and i'm planning to like buy the whole book and read it um it's sasha geffen's glitter up the dark how pop music broke the binary uh and basically um this author talks about how pop music has always been steeped in gender transgression even since like the birth of pop music uh like early blues singers like gertrude ma rainey um like how uh, she set the stage for like pop music's tendency to like incorporate queerness androgyny and like taboos um into you know into the text um and you see that throughout like the history of pop music you think of like kurt corbain kurt cobain and like courtney love and like um even modern modern people like um Brook- have you have you ever heard of uh, serpent with feet uh, no. They're a Brooklyn-based um, modern um, pop artist who's really good. But, like, really, like, throughout all of pop music's history, it's it's been about uh, resistance against the norm and, like, uh, daring to indulge in the, like, sentimental, which, like, you know, doesn't really fly in a, like, patriarchal society. Yeah. Well, um how do you think how do you think that ties back around into into Sayonara, these ideas of um of you know we live in a society ying <laughs> of the i live in a societyness of pop music <laughs> yeah i think that's a good question i think the game is really about rebellion it's about this young woman who decides to take on like the cosmos <laughs> and like literally i will like i will fight the stars to like regain my heart yeah Um, exactly well i think um if um if i can do my little academic little please shoot my mom twirl um this is a i wanted to read a quote this is from um the vice review of sayonara Sayonara hearts it's by nicole clark and it talks a little about not so much the role of pop music but the role that the game 
uh, well, I guess should we we can spoil the ending. We kind of have already danced yeah. around like how the game ties up. Um, so yeah, spoiler warning: if you want to go play the game, it's like an hour. Go play it and come back. Um, yeah, but yeah, go it's ahead. A, it's a very sweet ending. It's um, you know, she goes she goes through the she goes through the journey of you know fighting fighting all these teddy girls, um, you know, fighting dragons, going into a VR headset, um, going on all these adventures. She shatters the final heart, and in the end, we then sort of the final level of this game is us sort of replay like a montage. Re- a montage of all of the levels before, but this time instead of shattering hearts, she gives them all kisses on she the cheek. She gives them and, kisses on the cheek, and, and it's and so she, sweet and, and good. And, and, and their hearts get repaired, and it's such a it's such a beautiful like she she went into this world thinking that the only way to heal her heartbreak was to cause damage and to destruction conquer in them, the end. Yeah. To conquer them, but in the end, what she realizes is that she has to she has to forgive and she has to come back to the sweetness that she had before she had her heart broken. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to read this quote um, from the Vice article. Um, in Sayonara Wild Hearts, winning isn't an ultimate version of breaking others' hearts and evolving into greater power. Instead, it's an informed return to your initial state. Rather than becoming your mask, you abandon it. Rather than becoming someone new and unbreakable, you recover to the point of self-acceptance, a choice that feels much closer to real-life personal growth than the hero's journey of fictive narrative. Can you think of another game that does this? Like, I, I cannot think of a single game that ends in, in, in that, in, with that sort of wrap-up to it. Yeah, at least with that level of, like, tact and succinctness. Like, yeah, so many video games that we play are about, you know, um, conquering over the greatest evil. Like, you think of any JRPG, and they always end with you essentially fighting God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fighting God or, like, destroying the devil or something. Um but yeah, I love how personal this game ends and like how personal and also still grand it is because you still get that grand final boss fight. You ride a dragon into the sunset, <laughs> but then at yeah, the end you return to your little bedroom with this like sense of peace. Um, yeah, like so beautiful. This, this is very much like, you know, returning to the Shire kind of feeling. She she went on this journey and came back home to the same place, a different person. Yeah. Um, her hair is longer. That's how you know time passed. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's it's so sweet how the game, you know. I think I think that ties into like the the way that you even play this game, where it's it's not about leveling up. Like, yes, there's points. The points are ostensibly meaningless um, in the game, but you don't level up. You don't gain more powers. You don't. Although, but. let me say, Mama, I I grinded through those levels and tried to get as many gold ranks as possible. And let me just say, the final level, I like. I remember one day, the last time that I replayed it back in like. Uh, May or June, I literally sat down for two hours just grinding through the final <laughs> level, trying not to die, and I finally got that gold rank, so wow. pro gamer do, here, baby. Do, do you get anything for... Um, you get the satisfaction of being a pro gamer like me, Eric. That's what you get. Mm. <laughs> wow. Fucking owned on our podcast. <laughs> I forgot I'm bad at games and I can't do this podcast anymore. No. Bye. Okay, that's... That's not the one thing that I want to establish on this podcast, and it's something that I've realized playing games with you is that generally you are so much better at games than me, Eric. <laughs> no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> no, it's the T. Like we were playing, um, we were playing Donkey Kong Country on on the Switch a couple weeks ago, um, and it's really cool. If you don't like, if you haven't checked that out on Switch, you can like do online multiplayer uh, with like these classic SNES games. It's really neat. Uh, but Eric was like 
so we were playing together, and I would die, like, the second that I took over as Diddy Kong, <laughs> and then it would just be, like, 20 minutes of Eric playing, so generally, I think that, you know, I think we both have our strengths and weaknesses in terms of gaming, but... You know, you, give, you don't don't sell yourself short. <laughs> I know, and I'm being I'm being a, I'm being a little shit when I say that. I, I it, it genuinely doesn't matter how good you are at games if you're enjoying them. Then that's yeah. that's the point. Like yeah. I'm not I'm I'm not a backseat gamer. Ooh, bro, why did you why didn't you jump there? Why didn't you shoot that thing? I'm like, let people do. I you know you know how hard I could have owned you in Donkey Kong. You know how badly I could have just said, Lawrence, fucking get good at Donkey Kong. <laughs> But I didn't, because I'm a good friend. <laughs> because we're friends, and that's what gaming's all about. It's about having a good time with friends and kicking Lawrence's ass at Fall Guys. <laughs> that's not true. Fall Guys, I'm better at you. <laughs> better at you at. I want to state that on the record for the pod. Um, but anyways, to your anyway. point, to your point, I agree that like the game is not about the points, even though they're there as a system if you want to be a hardcore gamer. Um, it's about the the grand experience and healing your own broken heart. And I think for me, part of why this game resonated so much is just because, again, I talked about how much I love pop music. Um, but pop music is like the perfect spoonful of sugar and medicine for a broken heart. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, every time I've gone through a breakup or rejection or anything, I've just put on an Ariana Grande album or like a Lady Gaga album and danced in my room and cried until I felt better. <laughs> so like, there's something very like, beautiful and how that game distills that experience of like um like you were saying in that vice quote like recovering to the point of self-acceptance and like Mm -hmm. still feeling like it's this huge triumphant journey even though it's you know something very personal i think that might be a a good place to to wrap up then on our talk i feel like that's that's a really sweet that's a really sweet place to unless you have anything else to say no, um, just go play this game. Um, it's really, really accessible. Um, it, uh, premiered as like part of the Apple Arcade lineup. Um, so if you have an iPhone, an iPad, um, or like a MacBook, um, you can download a free trial of Apple Arcade and play this game for free, Mama. Um, so oh, that's right. It's, it's still free, right? It's still yeah, free. You, you can still get a free, like, I don't know if it's a week long or a month long trial, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a trial period to play this game. Um, and honestly, the trial is perfect just for this game alone. Um, there's other great little Apple Arcade games on there, but like, I think this is the shining jewel of the system. But of, es- of the especially, platform. and and we we didn't really talk about Samogo, the game company itself. But I they they are a company that's known for developing games that are super accessible. They don't make you know in depth gameplay systems. They really make. I think I think mostly their their history is in mobile games, and so it's very like mm-hmm. pick up and play meant for any kind of skill level. Um, but they're beautiful. I don't know if you've ever played any of their other games. Um, I haven't, but I want to check them out. Yeah, and uh, I think Device Six, which is more like a, a a narrative, like you know, like ebook, but you like solve puzzles in the words as you scroll through the words. Like oh, I know wow. Year Walk is basically like a walking simulator game, um, and they're all they're all simple, but they're all incredibly poignant, just like Sayonara Wild Hearts. They're very short and sweet. They're very to the point, um, but they really all of the games of theirs that I've played like leave you in, in such a either contemplative or or happy or satisfied or or just a you know not in a oh I could have done better at that game oh I why didn't I should have grinded better no you just you pick up you play you finish and you're happy yeah and yeah I think that's beautiful when games are able to be that accessible mm-hmm. and give you that complete experience um 
But yeah, so this game's available on iOS. It's also available on PS4, Switch, maybe Xbox, probably PC. Anyways, pick it up, play it, let us know what you think. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to talk about what else we're playing this week. Great! Wow, that was, uh, Lawrence, that was so fun. It I was. really like doing this. Um, what else What else is going on with you this week? What other games have you been playing? Um, okay, I've talked to you about this, but I want to talk to our, our beautiful listeners about it. Um, it's a game that I've slept on for um, years. So basically, I mentioned I'm building a PC. Um, I'm a bit of an addict, and I <laughs> tend to buy a lot of video games when I don't need to. So inevitably, I end up with a huge backlog of games. So now that I'm building a PC and like actually spending money on hardware... I'm, like, taking a break from buying games and playing many of the games that I already own and don't have. So the big one that I've been digging into is Hollow Knight, um, which is a Metroidvania that came out in 2018? 2017. 2017. Um, Yeah, this game has been sitting in my backlog forever. Eric, you recommended it to me. I know you love it. Um, And I'm loving it a lot, too. Um, It took a minute to get into because, like, I tried it once when I first got it and then... Um, couldn't really get into it. Um, it, it just felt like, oh. I, I think the aesthetic is purposefully a little bleak at first. I think yeah. that's one of the genius things about the game is that it, it's, it starts off very flat and very, oh, what is this dark, dank, dreary place? Yeah, it's um, a little bleak. It also, like, takes inspiration from, like, Dark Souls games in terms of, like, you die once and, like, you lose your, like, progress of, of like, money that you bought until you go back and find your find where you died and then like restore your uh, body. So like that was a little intimidating to me at first, but then once you get into it, it's just like such a really beautiful lush world about this little knight who's like uh, going on this grand adventure through this like long forgotten kingdom. Um, And the thing that I wanted to like talk about about it is like, I think what turned me off from it at first was like, it seemed like a very lonely game. Like it seemed like a game that was empty and about like, you know, this little, this little cute bone guy's like um solitary adventure and like it is a very solitary adventure but like having played it more the thing that i love about it is how full of life it seems i love when you like go to a new area and like discover npcs who like then you know journey up into um into like the hub world up above or you know stay there and just have their little shops in the middle of this like, huge kingdom I love, like, going into a new area and hearing the little map guy humming and then, like, knowing, like, oh, shoot, there he is. Like, he's here again to, like, sell me a new map. Um, yeah, it's a, you make friends. It's a, it's a very... Yeah. It's about it's about making friends in a really lonely place. I think that's what's yes. really, really exciting about the game is you just genuinely don't know what the next thing you're going to find is going to be. Yeah. I think, like, um, like any good Metroidvania, you never know what's around the corner, but you just want to keep going. This, especially when I played it for the first time, it was one of those games where it's like, I stayed up till 3am because I couldn't put it down because I just wanted to see the next thing, the next the next world, the next person I was going to meet, the next ability I was going to get. Truly, I think I think it's like the Metroidvania practically perfected. I don't mm-hmm. know how you could like really improve upon that model of game style. Yeah, I'm loving it. Um, I'm hitting a little bit of a brick wall because it's hard. <laughs> uh, but I'm excited to keep hammering away at it. And like, I'm glad that I like gave it its fair second chance so yeah check it out it's a really good game yeah um eric what are you playing this week um well i'm gonna i'm gonna cheat uh i'm gonna 
I'm going to talk about two things that I'm playing. One of them is music. Since it's a music episode, I'm, I'm going to give a music thing. I'm going to give a game thing. Music thing, real quick. I just want to say, Rebecca Black, honey. You remember <laughs> Rebecca Black? <laughs> okay, yes, the Friday girl. Yes, I know. She did that Friday song like 10 years ago. She is still making stuff in 2020, and she is fucking killing it. Like, good I, for her. I, good, fucking good for her. Like, her... Um, she she hasn't released an album. I feel like she's like about to release a full length album, but she's been releasing singles like this year and a lot of last year. Um, it's some real catchy shit. Um, she's real. She's real serious about her work now, and I just think that's so. I think it's honestly really inspiring that she's this girl who was like, "Yeah, I made a shitty song when I was thirteen. I'm in my mid twenties now, and like, I'm good. Like, I'm really like her. This her stuff is a lot about like." don't treat me like a child. A lot of what we were saying, like the, what pop embodies that feeling of like childhood rebellion and kingdom and growing into a new person. I feel like those are like the themes that she's covering themes that I don't think she could cover as an artist. If she hadn't gone through what Friday put her through 10 years ago. Good for her. So check her out. It's, it's finally Saturday. Saturday is here. (laughs) And we can drag Friday uh, as much as we want, but Friday was the moment period. <laughs> you cannot argue that it was not a moment. Friday yeah. was indeed a moment. And here's the thing that makes me really excited about about that. You you mentioned Rebecca Black, you know, having her um having her Star is Born moment. <laughs> and like I'm excited <laughs> to check her out. Particularly because like I mean, it makes me think of another artist who was a very popular one-hit wonder at a time, mm-hmm. uh Miss Carly Rae Jepsen with her, I was just going to say with yeah. her Call Me Maybe moment and she has become, you know, an icon more than the call me maybe girl yeah and so like i think that she rebecca black has definitely owned her owed her fair shake um because you know if we had left carly into dust where would, where, would be, where, would be where would be today <laughs> i genuinely don't think we would have sayonara wild hearts without carly ray jepson there's Period. no world no um part two i'm gonna so quick give her give her a listen on spotify she's she's mm-hmm. uh she's killing it in the game um and listen to Carly Rae Jepsen's Emotion, the best pop album of the century. Anyways, now continue. on iTunes and Spotify. <laughs> um, you know, it's a uh, it, it's October. It's a uh, it's spooky, scary skeleton time. Um, it is my indeed my favorite holiday. Um, <laughs> Halloween's going to be weird this year, just like every holiday has been weird this it's year. It's going to be spookier in a different way. <laughs> but I am still indulging. I am still indulging in the frights. I'm still indulging in the jumps and the scares. Um, I'm going to I'm going to talk about Resident Evil 7 for just Ooh. a quick second. Um, I know I've you know, I've been playing this on and off for a while. It's sort of been a pick up and put down game for me. I'm getting back into it again. I am going through the DLC. I am doing my second playthrough. God, it is such a good game. And I know, Lawrence, that you do not do scary. I know that's a struggle for you. And so it's I, listeners. I, I, I am a little baby and I cannot do horror games. Oh, but it's so it's so fun to me. And the, the best way, the best analog I can think of for Resident Evil 7 um, that I think you would know, Lawrence, it's like, um, you know, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a walkthrough maze into a video game. It's like mm. that experience. It's not it's not like emotionally devastating horror. Like I think in the way that Midsummer or Hereditary or Get Out could be. It's very much like fun jump out behind a corner ooh boo i scared you kind of game and that that is so fun to me especially for a series that i that is known for being like iconic in the horror genre it 
kind of lost itself for a couple years after Resident Evil 4 comes back, Resident Evil 7, it's a whole new style of gameplay, a whole new, literally a, a new perspective. It's in first person now. Um, it's so fun. I think it's really fun. I think the puzzles are really inventive. I think the characters that are in the game are really creative and really like stuff that I am not used to seeing in a video game. Um, it's funny. I think that's the thing that I, I think people don't really get just from watching trailers of it. But Resident Evil is camp. It is high mm. camp. It is silly, ridiculous. Well, so much of horror is too. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, it, it gives me like if you if you know like Evil Dead Two or um, Cabin in the Woods. It's like really it really falls into that kind of world sometimes where it's just stuff stuff in the game that is so outlandish it's not even scary anymore it's just it's so over the top that i just can't help but laugh like some of the line delivery um some of the situations you find yourself in your hand gets sewn off but then it just gets stitched back on with some threads and it works again Uh. like that but it's funny it's like the way that's presented (laughs) in the game makes me laugh and i know that's because i'm a sick human um, no, I don't think you're a sick human. I just am very squeamish when it comes to blood and gore is just my thing. Um, but I believe you that it is a very, like, lovely, spooky experience. And one day when we can be together in the same room, I will play it. But and I, I will res- tape a, And I will tape a VR helmet to your head and make you live in ah! Resident Evil 7. <laughs> I will say that is not the line I will cross. As much as I love Resident Evil Seven, I will not. I will not play a horror game in VR. Have I do you think heard, that's the line for me. Have you heard of this new horror game that's that's pretty popular right now? Um, um fan, Phantasmagor- Phantasmophobia. Yes, my roommates are playing it. They're playing it a ton right now. I really want to play it too. It sounds it's terrifying. Pretty spooky. It's literally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's Ghost Hunters, the video game. Yeah, but I've heard about like the VR experience of it and how mm-hmm. it has like the like adaptive audio thing of like mm-hmm. basically you're hunting these ghosts. Um, and, like, it has adaptive audio, so if you speak too loudly and the ghost is near you, it's going to yeah. get you, girl. That sounds so spooky, but, like, it sounds like a very fun thing to play with friends. With so. people. Yeah, that's the thing. I I want to play it because I think it's fun that you would play it with, with friends. I don't think yeah, I would yeah. play that with, like, a, a group of NPCs. That would not be, that would not be the, yeah. the gig for me. So we'll see. If I can get over my, get over my chicken shit, then I might... I'll check out some horror games for you, Eric, I promise. At some oh, point. thanks, Lawrence. It means a lot to me. Um, well, listener, thank you so much for being with us. Um, we really want to just like cultivate like a really positive, chill space with this pod. Um, so thank you for joining us on this journey through pop music and heartbreak and and heart healing and And heart ons. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the world's the world's a scary dark place right now. I am just so happy that I have something that brings me joy. Like me doing this podcast with you, Lawrence. It's uh, yeah. the the joyful moments are few and far between these days. Don't want to get into it. I have a therapist for that now. But I think that this is for for me and for you and also for the dear listener. I want this to I want to cult yeah, I want to cultivate this space to be a very um relaxing, fun, you know, listen to listen to your friends talking about things that they like and yeah. get in on the conversation too. We have um our social medias. Um I'm at Eric of the Sun on Twitter. Those are uh their underlines between all of those words. And I'm at Afroman76 on Twitter and Instagram, even though I'm not that active on the gram these days. But no way. I'd be popping off on Twitter though. We also have a tw- uh, we also have a Twitter for the podcast. We have a you can find us at Gay Four Play Pod. Um, that is F O R, not the number four. 
Um, you can also email us at gayforplaypodcast at gmail.com. If you have a game you want us to check out, um, something that you think is queer and fun that would uh, really t- tickle our little gay fancies, uh, I would. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Not our little um, gay fancies. <laughs> how do you? How do you transition out of that? <laughs> but yeah, email us um, games you think we should play. Um, if you've played Sayonara Wild Hearts and have any thoughts on it, we'd love to hear about it. Please. Um, and yeah, just keep in touch with us. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for joining us. It's been such a lovely, fun, uh, fun time. And we'll catch you for the next one. Yeah, I will. Uh... Talk to you soon, Lawrence. Talk to you later, Eric. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Gay for Play. Our music is by Connor Marsh. Our show art is by Nick Adams. Please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Until next time, remember, wild hearts never die.